Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, and I am here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. What's going on? Not much. So, guys, this is a Voices interview episode. It's actually number 30 in our Voices interview series. But, Megan, we've never done this together where we're popping on at the beginning, the both of us. I know. It's really fun. And, you know, usually it's one of us that does the interview, but it is nice for both of us to get to chat a little bit. We like talking to each other. I agree. (laughs) I agree. When I listen to other podcasts with two hosts and an interview, I actually really appreciate when the hosts come on together and chat a little bit about the interviews. So, Megan, you don't know Jenny Schatzel. So let me tell you about her and get you excited for this interview. I know Jenny from my hometown. She is, for lack of a better phrase, she is a local celebrity in Santa Barbara where I grew up. She has a fitness program that she is like the she is the town guru but i mean that in the actually the coolest possible way everybody knows who she is her fitness program is this brightly colored yellow and blue building in downtown santa barbara and she seriously changes people's lives not just with fitness so you are you guys are going to hear me talk to her she's also a mom of one-year-old twins so we talk about twin pregnancy and a little bit about her NICU experience and just adjusting to becoming a mom of twins. And I know we have a lot of listeners who have twins, so that's really fun. But she is also an entrepreneur. She's a community builder. She has a TED Talk. And like I said, she started out as a fitness coach, but it's really turned into a much bigger movement that's kind of taken my hometown by storm, but is even she has a national platform and a national audience. Um, She talks all about motivation, entrepreneurship, body positivity, you know, self-acceptance. She's one of my all-time favorite people to follow on Instagram because she manages to be like this motivational voice without being corny or fake. And Megan, you and I both have kind of a low tolerance for... We have very... We have no tolerance for corny and fake. For cheese ball. (laughs) But Jenny, I mean, she is high energy. She will come right out and say like she is a motivational person like a pusher yeah but <laughs> yeah. not a pusher but, a but like a cheerleader like in yeah. the in yep. in the best possible way but on her instagram and in her blog and in real life in her community she also is super vulnerable about her own body image issues over the years issues with food with you know acceptance and then in the last year or so becoming a mom she had done a lot of her own work around these issues before she mm-hmm. even became a mom and then you imagine now you have twins Um, And it's a changer, game changer, a whole new adjustment. So I had so much fun talking to her because she's someone I had admired in real life. We've actually never met in real life, but she knows my family. My parents and my brother go to her fitness classes. Um, And so I'm excited. Everybody, you are going to really enjoy my conversation with her. And then, of course, in the show notes, if you want to learn more about her, we'll link everything up there. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Hey, Jenny Schatzel, welcome to the Mom Hour. Ah, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited. I have to start with a story about... so. Uh, Our listeners just heard me talk about your bio and a little bit about what we're going to talk about. But I have to tell of how I first you came on my radar because it's a really funny story. We do have Santa Barbara in common. We have my family in common, but we've never met in person. Um, But I'll set this up because I think it's a great way for people to get to know you. My parents, it's got to be like five years ago now. My parents were like, we found a new um, workout place, this new fitness class. And they were really excited. They had found it through some friends of theirs. And my parents are in their 60s, but very fit. And they were just raving about it. And then they were like, but this girl is like your age. They're talking to me and they're like, she's up there like she's a motivational speaker. And they were just like, they were both so in awe, but also kind of baffled. Like, how does this like spunky, fiery 35 year old at the time, like has this packed room full of people and she's giving them like life advice. And my parents are like, what is this? Like, what have we found? And um, so I loved that was like the first that I knew of you. And then I started following you on Instagram. And we're going to talk about your twins in just a second. But it was funny because when you had your twin girls, I was following you on Instagram. I was like, mom, Jenny had her babies. Mom, they're doing really well. Mom. And she's not on the Instagram. So I was keeping my mom <laughs> informed about how you were doing. So you and I go way back, even if this is the first time we've had a conversation. I love that. Well, and sidebar, I, I know you're fabulous because I love your parents. Oh, they're just you. incredible human beings. Thank so. you. Um, so tell us about, tell our listeners about your daughters and how old they are now. We're going to kind of start with talking about twin pregnancy and twin parenting, because we have a lot of listeners who have twins. So I'm going to start there, but of course we have so much to talk about, but tell us how old they are right now. So my twin girls, Hope and Haven are 15 months, just turned 15 months. And, uh, we spent the first two months in the NICU. They were born at 30 weeks and five days. Okay. Um, I, and I actually twins was shocking for me. Okay. I had a miscarriage and, um, I did wait to get pregnant. I'm, I'm now, how old am I? I'm going to be 38 in December. Um, so I was 37 and actually at 36, I had a miscarriage and then, um, and then I got pregnant and we did no fertility. We do not have twins in the family and surprise here are (laughs) twins. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. So it's hard with twin moms who that's their first because you don't know any different. But I, I was wondering if you could tell us kind of what what rocked your world the most, both in the, what was really, really, really hard or maybe what, what really surprised you in the pregnancy and in those early days? Uh, I will say, I actually think it's better to have twins first yeah. because because you don't know any different. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we don't know any different. So this is just our world. And yeah. I will say to all the moms listening, I don't care if you have one one baby, three babies, 10 babies, it is all hard. hard. And I think your first and what I've learned more than anything is number one, every parenting cliche is totally true. <laughs> and that. you don't get it until you have kids. Yeah. And I think this was my biggest aha moment is people will tell you all this stuff and you're like, you know, they're like, rest now, sleep now, oh, this. And you're like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then you have children and now you're on the other side and yeah. it's this like, oh, Okay, now I get it. And just nothing can prepare you for your first yeah. children. And I used to say those first four months, and now I say it's the first year. Like nothing can prepare you for this. Well, I was going to ask now that they're 15 months and you did spend a couple of months in the NICU, do you feel like those kind of earth shattering surprises are still happening? Do you feel a little bit more like on solid ground? I mean, it never goes away. I have 10, 8, and 5 year olds, and new things crop up all the time. But do, do you feel like you have kind of reach that point where it's like, okay, we can breathe or not yet. Oh my gosh. So funny you say that. Um, you know, you do for like a second and then yeah. everything changes. Yes. It's, it's, I just took them. My husband's a firefighter, so he's gone a lot. Yeah. And I literally, we're just starting to walk. They're just oh like just gosh. now. And so I literally took them to on Monday, took them to a barbecue <laughs> by myself. And I called my husband immediately after. And I'm like, Oh, we've just entered this whole yeah. new realm. Like we were getting comfortable and now it's like, I went to this barbecue and they're running in different directions. And you know, you like talking to somebody for one second and the baby's down the street yeah. and you're like, oh, oh, this is how all of this like crazy stuff happens. Yes. And I've realized that now we've just entered this other realm. It's never easy. And I don't think it ever gets easier. I just right. think it all changes. Right. And you know, it, people say like, oh, twins would be so hard. And it's, it's so funny. I always say, I think having a toddler and a baby would be harder. It you is. Know? Because <laughs> we're there. on the same schedule. Yeah. Like right. they sleep at the same time, they eat at the same time. But I just can't stress enough that no matter how many kids you have, whether you even adopted or, you know, they came to you naturally or however yeah. it happened, it's all hard. It's and hard. that is why I think it's so important that as moms, we have to share like the real stuff yes. so we know we're not alone. I, I totally agree. And I want to talk more about that, you know, in this conversation. Tell me a couple of fun things about them right now, because a lot of our listeners have one to two year olds. And Megan, my co-host and I have talked about how one to two year olds are like the ultimate challenge. I think they're so hard. I think they're even harder than two year olds. I think they're harder than infants, <laughs> but they make it worth it because they're so stinking funny and cute. So tell me, just tell me some fun things about what they're doing. They just started to walk. What else? Oh my gosh, they're so fun. I will say the fun part about having twins is now they interact with each other. Yes, I'm sure. And so they're like talking to each other and, and, you know, they kind of, they'll steal things from each other. And like, sometimes, you know, we're trying to work on sharing, but they're yeah. so young. They're just, right. but it's just, it's, you know, the best thing. And as I think as parents, and again, bringing back to like these lame cliches, but they're so true. It's like, if you just step back and realize how big the little things are for a child, yes. Like we need to take that in, yeah. right? Like we're always, and especially in today's society, we're always moving so quickly. We And as moms, you want to make sure you're doing everything right. Yeah. And none of us are doing anything right. Like we just have to do the best we can. Right. Right. And that's the right thing to do. Right. And so every now and then I have to remind myself to like step back and watch them and how happy they are with the simplest things. Yeah. And I need to be in this moment. And that's what makes me happy. And they're a reminder for me. And so, again, it's these kind of cliches, but it's they're teaching me so much. Oh, my gosh. And that will never that will never, ever stop. I can tell you. I'm curious if you now look at twin families, since you didn't come from a family with twins and didn't expect this. Do you I would totally be like picking the brains of moms of older twins and looking at adult twins. Do you find yourself kind of like tuning in to figure out? Like what's ahead or is that just me and my crazy personality? No, no, no. It's, I think everybody mom, every yeah. mom does it with, every, but it's so funny. Once you have twins, like the twi twins come out of the woodwork. Yeah. So like everyone you meet walking down the street is a twin yeah. or has, a, or has twins or married to a twin. Or you're like, I didn't know there's many twins in the world. Um, 
Yeah, it's funny. And you always ask, yes, you ask for advice. Yeah. And I always say, are you best friends? Are yeah. they best friends? And um, it's funny, though, just the other day we were walking down the street and there was a, a mom with twins and they were like six months. Uh-huh. And I just turned to her and I said, enjoy this. Aww. Because now as we're, you know, as they're starting to walk and getting all crazy, Connor and I, my husband, were just saying like, remember when they were babies and yeah. it was so easy? And I think it's so funny as moms, we it's not funny. It's just real. It's true that we get so wrapped up in what's happening at that moment. And it's so hard. And then once we get past that, you look back and you're like, Oh, that was the easy part. Now, now we're in it, but it's just like every stage is kind of difficult in its own way. And I think when we're looking for like, Oh, I can't wait till they talk or they roll over or they walk. It's like, we got to, again, bring it back and just be in this moment because that moment's going to change and you're not going to get that back. Yep. I agree. And I think surrounding yourself with moms of all different kinds of families, different ages, different family dynamics is so helpful because you, you at least get a little preview of that and you get that perspective if you have people, you know, with kids of all ages around you. So I love that. Um, Okay. So let's switch gears a little. I would love you to tell our listeners a little bit about your story of coming to fitness as, I mean, I see you so as so much more than a fitness instructor or, um, you know, a coach, but talk about how you, how you arrived there. And then I want to get into body image as a mom, because this is something you're really public about on your Instagram. And I, I think it probably, I, I would imagine it changed going through a twin pregnancy and then postpartum kind of how you talked about body image before you had kids, how you think about it now, but maybe start with how you even got into fitness. I know that was a lot. No, I love it. Um, so, okay. I started, I was always an athlete. And, um, so I'm originally from Minnesota, just Mm -hmm. a quick version here. I'm originally from Minnesota and I was signed up to do everything my sister did. My sister's 10 years older than I am. Okay. And I got accepted to the University of Minnesota. I was, she had basically already said I was in her sorority. I had my <laughs> dorm. I had, I was just on the track to do everything she did. And um, it was my senior year of high school. And this girl next to me said, it was like a couple weeks before school ended. And the girl next to me said, I'm going to California and I need a roommate. I went home that day and there was always something inside of me that's that, that said I needed to leave Minnesota and do something bigger or go somewhere. And I'd never been to California. I'd never really been anywhere. And so um, I went home and I said, mom, there's a girl that's going to California and I think I need to go. And she looked at me and she said, yes, you need to go. Wow. So a month later, I packed up my car and I drove out to California and I lived in San Diego for a year and it was a complete culture shock. Uh I called my mom a month after being there bawling and said, I want to come home. I said, I don't fit in here. I was kind of a tomboy and I love sports, but I loved people. And, yeah. and I, I felt like the girls weren't nice to each other. And I yeah. just, I didn't fit in. And I, I said, you know, there were mini skirts to the grocery store. I have nothing to wear here. <laughs> and I just, I want to come home. And my mom said, you wanted to go out there. You have to stay out there for at least a year. And after a year, if you want to come home, you can. Uh-huh. And I think, goodness every day she said that because 20 years later I'm still here and so um then I met some friends and they brought me to Santa Barbara and as a 19 year old they took me to Isla Vista if you've never been there it's basically a town (laughs) full of kids where you just walk around and party and I I thought oh my gosh this is my paradise I will be moving here so I packed my bags and then moved to Santa Barbara um and I didn't have a lot of money. So I was going to city college and living in Isla Vista and I wanted to, I loved working out and I loved classes like cardio kickboxing and spinning. And I couldn't afford the gold's gym membership. So I applied for a job at the front desk and I was working there while I was going to school. And I took all the classes that I could take. And there was a, the group fitness director, Shanda Fetter, who now owns a Pilates studios studio in town in Santa Barbara. But, um, she said, you know, after months of taking taking her classes and I was like obsessed with her. She was just this confident, strong woman that could command a room and her her workouts were so fun and so hard and so awesome. And one day she came up to me and said, you know, you have rhythm and people seem to like you and you're really loud. <laughs> you should let me teach you how to teach. And um, I actually, at first I said no, because for me, Shanda was everything I wasn't. I was very insecure and Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of body issues and I had a lot of 
food issues and alcohol. I had just a lot of issues mm -hmm. and I was very insecure. And so my first um, reaction was to say no, because there's no way I could do what she did. Mm -hmm. And um, after some convincing, she finally said, just, you know, train with me and see if this is something you like. And I did. And the first class I taught with her, so I did months of training with her. And then after the first class we taught, she taught the first 20 minutes and I taught the second 20 minutes. And as soon as I stepped on stage after five minutes of my first class, half the class walked out. Oh my gosh. So, um, I was pretty heartbroken and, but I kept, for some reason I kept showing up. I kept showing up to train. I kept showing up to teach. And finally, um, and I did actually, I did a whole Ted talk about this, but finally, um, she said to me, you know, there's been some feedback, some comments that people have left in the box and she started reading them to me and, and they were not positive. They said, you know, uh, Jenny's too loud. When is Shanda coming back? We don't like the new teacher. And it just kept going on and on. And finally I said to her, you know, if you're trying to break me, it's going to make me cry right now. It's, <laughs> I bring, it brings me like right back there. Yeah. I said, if you're trying to, to break me or convince me to not do this, you know, I'm there. You know, why, why would you tell me these things? And she said, um, because I need to know if you believe in you. Wow. And I need to know if you like you. And nobody had ever asked me if I liked myself before. And um, she said, you know, it doesn't matter what people think. What matters is that what you think. And mm -hmm. what matters is that you be your own authentic self. And after that moment, I, I changed. And mm -hmm. I took uh, those classes on as my own. And within a couple weeks, they, the classes were packed. There was a line out the door. And I embraced my loudness mm -hmm. and who I was and either people liked it or they didn't. And, you know, at that moment, I decided I just needed to be who I was. So that's kind of how I became. And then I worked in the gym for, you know, seven to 10 years. And then I started my own business. I met my business partner and we opened our own facility. And that was five years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I did not, I didn't have any of that background. So that was all new to me as well. That's an... sorry. That was kind of the long, version. No, I said no. short, that was long. <laughs> no, that's, it's perfect. It was perfect. Um, so let's talk about now the last five years. I mean, I, again, I, you came on my radar when you were this confident, you know, giving, not just giving a workout up there, but giving motivation for the week and the day and setting intentions and all of this, like very life stuff, much more than fitness stuff. And so that it's really, fascinating to hear the backstory there. And obviously it's not like one day you became Jenny Schatzel with the big yellow sign on <laughs> the street, but it that was a journey. So let's, can we talk about the body image piece of that for a while? I'm, I'm great if you want to talk about kind of your past history or just kind of how it's, how it's changed for you more recently as a mom. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, there's there, and then the, the story continues and this is all leads up to, to all of this. Yeah. Is, um, I met my bit. So there's, I've had a lot of significant people in my life and I really believe in, um, truth tellers and mm -hmm. people who don't enable one another. And as moms, this is like the hardest thing ever, because to be honest, I had a mom who I, my mom is still alive. I have a mom yeah. who is, um, incredible and one of the most important people in my life, but she also enabled a lot of my behavior. Mm -hmm. I'm the child, I'm the baby of three and I was always, I'm still her baby. Um, and the people that changed my life the most and thank goodness my mom told me I had to stay. It was like one of the times she was gave me some tough love. Yeah. Um, but the people that have changed my life or helped me the most were the people that were the most straight with me and gave me that kind of tough love. Mm -hmm. And when I met my business partner, I was, I had, I had grown this following and on the outside, I looked like this very confident person, but I had, body issues that I had never dealt with. I had food issues I had never dealt with. And I had drinking, drinking alcohol issues I had never dealt with. Mm -hmm. And, um, so five years ago, the, uh, almost six years, the date was 10, 11, 12. I got sober. I stopped drinking. And what I realized was, I think a lot of us try to cure our pain in alcohol, mm -hmm. in food, in pills, in people pleasing. And I think in one way or another, um, especially as women, a lot of us have addictions and yep. the word addiction is very like the wall goes up and we're very scared. And we say, well, I don't, you know, I don't have an issue with alcohol, so I can't relate. Or right. I don't have an issue with shopping, so I can't relate or food. But 
in the big picture, it's all the same, right? Because it all leads to the same finish line, which is an unfulfilled life. And yeah, so, and behaviors that kind of numb or or distract from the, what's really going on. Absolutely, and that ultimately is what it is. If we're doing things to, it's funny that you know, if we take a step back and we say like, why do we continue to do things that don't make us feel good? Why do we continue to do things that don't make us our best selves? Like we've all. And it's on different levels, but we've all like had buyer's remorse or we all wake up with a hangover and say, I'm never going to drink again. And then that night you're drinking again. And this isn't a judgment. It's just I really like people to, again, step back and look at the big picture and say, if this if it doesn't feel good to sit on the couch and binge eat, why do I continue to do it? It's because we're not willing to go to the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. And I realized this a lot with not only alcohol, but with um, with food and exercise. Mm -hmm. I spent I work in the fitness industry. I spent almost 17 years chasing this goal weight. And even when I was there, I didn't notice it because it was never enough. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem when we're chasing a weight or we're chasing a size or we're chasing a stereotype of what we're supposed to look like. It's never enough. Mm -hmm. And the problem is I've become so passionate about this and this is my new platform. And I do think I'm more than fitness um, is I want to help moms feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I want to help moms change conversation on fitness, food, family, body image, and self-worth. Because Mm -hmm. the problem is we want to change the conversation for our children, but we're unwilling to change it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we cannot change it for them if we don't change it for us first. Mm -hmm. And so I have become, and my platform is changing uh, as I grow into this mom role, which has been difficult for me. And I am speaking to moms and it is who I want to speak to because we are the ones leading the way and we are the example. And the day I quit drinking was because um, a mentor of mine said, in order to be a leader, you must be the example. And I was not living my life Mm -hmm. as the example. And so I quit drinking. But then five years later, I realized like I've got these food and body issues that society is only feeding into. And I'm feeding into it because here I am telling people they shouldn't define themselves by the scale. And then in our program, I'm weighing you. I'm doing a before and after. I'm taking your measurements, telling you that your success is if you've lost weight. Mm -hmm. And that message is so wrong. Mm -hmm. Because if diets worked, we'd all be where we wanted to be, right? (laughs) right? Right. So how is that? How does that look now in your program? And how... Like, how was that for you with pregnancy? Like, how, where were you in this journey when you were now your job was to grow two babies, deliver them and heal your body? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm loving your story. I would love to hear like how that played out for you in your pregnancy and postpartum with your own body. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey and I will say I am, uh, right now and just, and the only reason I know this is because, and you guys can go check my Instagram. I'm, I'm very open with this. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to tell everybody to go check your Instagram because it's how I know you. And it's, it's just a great way to get to know you. So, yes. And I'm just, and you know, it's so like body positive that kind of like, it rubs me kind of different ways. Like okay. I love it. But then I'm like, Oh, is this like, you know, being body positive doesn't mean like I wake up every day and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm perfect. I love yeah. my body. It means you accept where you are. Right. And so I'm really on this, like, instead of weight loss goals, we should have life improvement goals. Mm-hmm. Instead of weight loss goals, we should have acceptance goals. I am not who I was. I'm not who I was a year and a half ago. I'm not who I was five years ago. Thank goodness. Right. And when we can um, realize that every chapter of our life needs a new version of us, Mm -hmm. and you accept that now I'm this different person, that's when you get to move on. So body-wise, especially when you're pregnant, I can't tell you how many people I get messages from that while they're pregnant, they're already stressing about getting their body back. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest, we need to stop saying that. Like People look at me and they'll say, well, you really got your body back. And I'm kind of like, first of all, as a mom and a woman, I never lost my body. I love that so much. And I'm only, I, I was, I'm literally a bodybuilder. Yeah. Literally. I built a body inside of my body. Like there's <laughs> nothing more important. We are literally the most powerful humans. And I get so passionate. I'm like standing up right now. Yeah. We get so, we're so, we're the most powerful humans on the planet. And then we totally disrespect and disregard what we're doing because we think we need to fit into this ideal of, oh my God, the Kardashians. And I'm not talking smack on them, but it's like, this is a message that isn't 
isn't the right one because we think in three weeks or three months or even six months that you're supposed to be back to this size. You're never going to be back to who you were. And that's not a bad thing. Right. And we don't want to. I mean, I think most moms would say for all the hard things mentally, emotionally and physically, you you don't want to go back in time. But but then there is this cultural expectation that you physically should. And we're we're watching it like you look on Instagram and you see like, oh, my gosh, well, so and so had her baby and look at her. Look at how perfect. Okay, everybody takes 50 pictures and then edits the one down to where it looks great. And that's what they post. Like, we know this, yet we still take it in as the real information. That's how powerful imaging is. I mean, that's why advertising and marketing works. It's scary. It's scary how influential it is. But I think what you've done is flipped the script and like kind of call called it out and you continue to do it. Um, so I, I want to keep going down this road, but specifically talk about, um, your, your persona online. And that's, again, I've been following you on Instagram before you, you wouldn't have even known who I was, except, you know, my parents, um, you are incredibly, people can hear it in your voice. Now you're very positive. You, I mean, that is like part of you is positivity, I think. And like, you know, but you are also really honest about motherhood in your Instagram. And that is, I think, very difficult to find online. And again, I, I live in this space of podcasting and um, the motherhood conversation. So I see a lot. And I think it's very difficult to have a positive message without sugarcoating everything and pretending everything's perfect. And you somehow do both. So my question is, is that a conscious choice? And like, how does that feel for you? One minute you are encouraging and you are pep talking the heck out of your followers. And the next minute you're being really vulnerable and talking about what sucks. Um, and I love it, but I think it's unique. So I'd love you to talk about that. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it's not real if I'm, if I'm not like, yeah. again, the biggest thing I've realized as a mom is, um, Okay, this is going to sound, it's funny, I heard Glennon Doyle Melton, who I'm a huge fan of, yeah, me too. say this. I listened to like an old podcast of hers, and I heard her say this, and I was like, oh, it's so true. Um, I'm not special. Like, n- like, this is the thing I realized about being a mom, is you think you're going to be different, and you are just like every other mom. Yeah. Like, and it, it's, and my friend, we had a girls' night, and she said that, and I was like, and I'm like, that's it. Like, that's it. Like I thought, I thought I was going to be so different. I thought the vision and we all do this Mm -hmm. on different levels. The vision of what I thought my life was going to be like after babies is nothing compared to what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like, I thought I'm a go-getter. I'm like, I'm, I love my job. I love what I do. And I'm like, I'm going to crank out these babies. I'm going to get help. (laughs) I'm going to go right back to work. And I'm, I'm 15 months in and I'm still like, I'm freaking lost. Yeah. Like I'm lost in where I belong. Like it makes me want to cry right now. I, I don't exactly know where I belong. Like I'm working on this like online thing. And then I, and then what about the gym? And then, but maybe I want to be home, but God, it'd be easier to have a nine to five. And then if I had a nine to five, I'd be like, I hate this nine to five. It's like, and I think we're all in this turmoil because it is the hardest thing we will ever do in our lives. And that's what needs to be put out there. Once I hear somebody else say this, I'm like, oh good. I'm not alone. Okay. Now I can move forward. Yeah. It feels so good to like, I'm not the only person lost. I'm not the only person that thought this was going to be different. And once I can connect with somebody else who feels that, or I just hear somebody else say it, it gives me the power to move on because, and, and that's who I want to be for people is I want to put it out there and let people know that you are not alone. And whatever you're going through, there is somebody who can 1 million percent relate because we're not, we're not different than each other. We're all equal. Yeah. No, I think that's so true. And as, as new moms, especially, we're very good at convincing ourselves that everybody else has it figured out, whether we're talking about feeding or sleeping or schedules or work and home balance. And it's just not true. I mean, it's just not true that you are the one that doesn't have it figured out and everybody else does, but it's very easy to convince yourself of that. Um, I think what I love is I don't think that there has to be like, I don't think there has to be this either or where you're either a motivational speaker and your role is to lift everybody up and keep it positive. And we all have like people we look to in the world that are like that. But often those people are not sharing their own struggles and vulnerability and they might have their reasons for that. But the fact that you are able to do both, I think, makes your positive messages that much more powerful because you are being real. So I don't know. I, 
I appreciate that. And I, and you know, I think the one thing is we all want to relate to each other. And so I'm very, again, and that is why I'm open. Like, you know, with my sobriety, I had a miscarriage. I had, I've written blogs on all of this. I, you know, I have severe, I had daddy, daddy issues is I, um, you know, I, I had postpartum. Yeah. I didn't think I'd be somebody that had postpartum. I didn't even know what it was when I had it. I just yeah. thought, oh, this is what it feels like to be a mom now. I'm, I'm insecure and I'm tired and yeah. I, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I guess this is just being a mom until finally somebody said, I think you got, you have, might have a little postpartum. And then I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that, that I, I, I didn't think I'd be that person. Yeah. And, and I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you, do you, have you ever gotten reactions? I'm sure you have on Instagram or in your, on your blog from people who are made uncomfortable by that vulnerability. I mean, that's one of the risks, right. In being super honest is we make other people, we risk making other people uncomfortable. And because you are this public figure and this positive public figure, I'm curious if that has created, if you, if that's created some interesting reactions from your community, like, does anyone like just be quiet and motivate me to work out, Jenny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. We, um, yes, yes, uh, yes. I've had people in my own pro- program say she's profane. No, she she uses too much profanity. <laughs> she is too loud, and I don't need to be told what to do. Um, yes, yeah. And I get it everywhere. Yeah. And you know, of course. And to say you don't care what people think is again, is not true. Everybody cares what everybody thinks. We, 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 at, to some extent we, um, and now here I'm going to go on my tangent about this is how we kind of, I believe and everything I say, like take it or leave it. Right. Yeah. It's, this is, I'm just sharing my truth. Yeah. So if you don't, I tell people, if you don't agree, turn the channel. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's totally cool. <laughs> exactly. and, 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 and I think this is one of the problems and, you know, I do care what people think, but also I try to come from a place of empathy. So yeah. if people are, angry or don't like my message or are upset one those are probably the people that need to hear it the most yeah and i would just really love to give them a hug and and i have to remind myself like i don't know their story right and so i do get upset and then i kind of take a step back and i breathe and i and i say okay you have you know two ways to look at this let's go from a place of empathy and that has really changed for me especially becoming a mom mm-hmm. you i think you're really more empathetic to to people now and and so um and this is how I go on, you know, the whole body image is um, judgment. So judgment's going to come up, judgment of others and judgment of ourselves. And so how do we change judgment? Well, number one is awareness. So it's like when we're judging, for instance, if we're talking about social media, if a post makes me angry, I kind of ask where that's coming from. And then I kind of go through that person's stuff. If they post a bunch of stuff that I don't agree with, why is it part of my newsfeed? Right. Right. Yes, I totally so, agree. so let it go. Yeah. Like if, if I keep looking at things that make me feel insecure about my life or my decisions or my body, then I need to unfollow. Yeah. And this is the problem is we keep following people or things that make us think we have to live to that standard. And if it makes you feel insecure about who you are, that shouldn't be on your feet anymore. Yeah. I, and I, I agree. This goes for people like in your life too, cutting out toxic people and toxic yeah. energy or setting boundaries. You yeah. know, you can't t- cut out uh, family, but you can set boundaries. Yeah. And the thing with judgment is judgment's always going to arise. Judgment of a stranger walking on the street and judgment of yourself. But yeah. when you can be aware and take a step back and for instance, a stranger walking down the street and you can say, okay, why do I think that about that person? Yeah. And what does that say about me? Yeah. Not them. Right. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, you're right. That isn't my place to judge. I'm going to move on. And the same thing with our own selves. Like I don't wake up every day and think I have the most perfect body. But what I do is I've accepted where I am today. So I wake up every day. And when that thought comes up of like, oh, you need to lose weight or, oh, there's cellulite or this, or, you know, or this, you need to change that. I say, I take a step back and I'm aware of these thoughts. And I simply tell myself not today. Yeah, I love that. That's it. Not today. Like I'm going to choose to be better and accept where I am and be the best role model for my children. And that's how I'm going to move forward. I love it. I love it so much. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. 
The Bionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right, I am back with Jenny Schatzel. And Jenny, so this next question, after everything we've talked about, about reframing the conversation with moms and our bodies and our fitness, I have to be careful about how I ask this question because you and I are on the same page. Get Fitness after baby is not about getting your body back. I love that you said we didn't lose our body in the first place. Um, but you do have some messages about um, moms finding time to just move and just be active. And I really enjoy your little videos on Instagram about how little it can take. So I'd love for you to talk about that. And I'm sure it's different than you probably had never thought about this before you had babies, how, how important it is to just be able to be active for 10 or 15 minutes a day, if that's all you can manage. I never thought of it. And it was, <laughs> it, it, and I'm always like, I, before this, I, I, again, I was an athlete and I love to go hard and I yeah. love to. And so it was funny because it was actually my business partner who is a huge part of obviously our business and my life. And it's been an incredible mentor for me. Um, he was like, you know, we need to start doing these like five minute movements. And this was, I think when I was, I can't remember if I just had the babies again, we t- started talking about it. And I was kind of like, Oh, like five minutes. And then I started doing it. Yeah. And, and I will say it was because, you know, that first four months was so, is so hard. The first four months of a new baby. I remember he came over one day and he, um, all the window, my husband had been gone and all the windows and, you know, were shut. And I was like in my little hole of babies <laughs> and I don't, I don't think I'd left the house in a couple of days. And he was like, you, he came and he opened all the windows. He opened the door and he was like, you just need to get out and move for five minutes. And I was like, okay. And I put the babies in a stroller and I went out with the goal of five minutes and then after, and I ended up walking for like 30 and I came back and I was like, oh my gosh, that just changed my life. Yeah. And you know, this goes for any of us at any time, but I will say nothing can prepare you for those first four months of a baby. Yeah. You are just like, you don't know what you're doing. You're like, talk about comparing, you're Googling yeah. everything. Yeah. You're like, oh my questioning everything. You're scared to leave the house. You're, and then all of a sudden he brought this like five minutes to my attention and it changed my life. And I was like, this, this is, this is what I need. And so every day I was like, my goal was just to move for five minutes. And so kind of together with this motivation, we, we, I started to do this and, and I started to put it out there and these moms were like the same thing, like, oh my gosh, this is it. And my whole perspective has changed. And now it's like, and the perspective of, of exercise has been coming this way in my life because I stopped exercising to burn calories and yeah. to lose weight. I started to like, I would go to class because I know it was my therapy. Yes. Like movement made me feel better. And once I made that switch and the problem is so much is, especially as busy moms, 
we make our to-do list and we say, I have to. And when you say you have to do something, it takes the joy out of it. It Mm -hmm. makes it a task. So there's things that I think we need to stop making tasks, like working out, moving. And if the word working out doesn't work for you, just say move. Like, I don't have to work out. I get to work out. I get to move. And so every day, my goal is to just move for five minutes. And that always leads to more. And sometimes literally it's turning on the music and dancing around for five minutes in front of my kids. And that's how we start our morning because movement creates energy. Movement creates change and movement can, can just entirely change your entire day. Yeah. And I would imagine that was a big shift for you because as a a group fitness person in your mind before kids, like class was where it happened and, and the studio was where it happened. And I come from a dance background. So for me that like that part of my journey is that I never had to work out because my art and my hobby and even my career for a little while was movement. So it was all intertwined. And then to have it be separate and be like, okay, I don't have that studio or that class as readily available with babies. It's a really big shift to think, what could I do? I'm thinking of the one Instagram video where the babies were crawling. So it must've been like six months ago. Do you know which one I'm talking about? And like, I think, did you do it in like sped up? So it was like, really fast and you like kept going back and getting them. I don't know. I'm, we'll have to yeah. link that up in the, we'll, we'll link up all of this in the show notes at the momhour.com, but just keeping it real about like something is better than nothing. Right. And that's exactly it. So any movement, my whole new thing now is any movement is good movement. Yeah. And the best advice I got in those first four months was move for five minutes and get out of the house. Even yeah. if it's for five minutes, even if it's for a, a, a lap around the block. And that's what really started this whole thing. Cause I was like, even if I just went out every day for a walk around the block, it, that changed, it changed my energy. It changed my, rather than sitting in this dark house on my couch, you know, stressing about what I'm doing. And if I'm, you know, keeping these babies doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so it was so powerful. And this is now the movement. And we, it's, you know, we task our thing, we task ourselves things that make us feel better. So I try to tell people like, don't talk yourself out of the thing you know it's going to make you feel better. Yes. Don't think about how it feels during. Think about how you're going to feel after. Like, oh, if I go do that, how am I going to feel after? Yes. And that should make you want to get up and do it. I think a way, one way that I've heard someone put it, and I didn't make this up, is do the thing you have to do to feel the way you want to feel. Yeah. And I love that. It's like just in a nutshell. Do the thing you have to do to feel the way you want to feel. And even changing your wording so it's like, you know, stop tasking yourself. Yeah. You don't have to work out. You right. get to work out. Right. I right. Love that. It's, and it's, it, it even goes into things like how many times do we have to say like, Oh, I have to go hang out with my friends or I have to go to this party. It's right. like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You get to do that. Yeah. And when you go, you're always happy you went. Yeah. Yep. And if you weren't, then you don't have to go. Like I'm a, I'm yeah, a huge exactly. proponent of moms saying no to things that they don't enjoy. And this is, you're not in the school years yet, but once your kids are in preschool and elementary school, There's just a lot that can come on your plate, organized sports and PTA and volunteering, and you get to do it if you want. That's like Megan and I sing this refrain over and over again. You get to if you want to, but you don't have to. Like You don't have to do Elf on the Shelf if you don't want to. You don't have to do the things that everybody's doing. And so that's that's just, I think, flipping that script of want to and have to and get to, I love with fitness. Um, Well, why don't you plug your online program? Because this turned into, yeah, because in Santa Barbara, if you're local to Santa Barbara, which I don't, I mean, my friends who listen to this podcast, maybe, but it's not a big town. So in the past, people have had to go to the Jenny Schatzel program, which is a physical location with amazing instructors and like this super high energy. I've been, it kicked my butt. But up until recently, that was kind of the only way to get you, right? That and Instagram. And now that's changing, right? Yes. And I will say a huge shout out is um, if you do live in Santa Barbara or you visit, please come to the program. Um, I will say none of that would be possible without my incredible staff. Yeah. I should ours. It's Stephen and I is my, my, he's my business partner. Um, No, I've, I've been out of the gym for a year and a half and it's, I mean, of course I'm back in and out, but especially that first year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not the one running that business. They are. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, it's like, gives me goosebumps again. It makes you want to, it's just, it's the most incredible energy and to have those guys and Lauren and Shem and Cheeto and Jarrett and Aaron and Cosmo and Beth and everybody, you know, keep spreading that energy and light is just been like the greatest thing for me. So I, I want to 
give them a shout out. And I just really hope that if you're in town or you're visiting that you go and experience it because they are just the most incredible people. And for me, it, it, it's, um, yeah, it's now I, I, I have moved on to this, not moved on, but I've moved into this online platform because I believe that there's a message um, that needs to be put out to the masses. Yeah. And it's about changing the conversation about fitness, body image, and self-worth. And I want to help moms feel good about themselves. So how does that work? What is the actual program? So the actual program, it's a 14-day program. And you can do it anywhere. You don't need any equipment. Um, It's all levels. I have had from 19-year-olds to uh, 75-year-olds send me messages that this program has been exactly what they've been looking for. You can do it at your house. You could do it outside. You could do it on vacation. All you need is basically internet and your body. And it's called um, the Shatzel Body Weight Method. And I really, and I do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you we've, it's just, uh, it's been something that I'm super proud of. And I think it is more than just um, about working out. It's about changing your perspective. Like everything we've talked about. Yeah. I, I ask that you journal while you do it and you write what you're grateful for and that you start to change your perspective about your own body image. You know, we're so used to looking in the mirror um, and telling ourselves what's wrong with our bodies that I'm trying to shift into what's right with our bodies. So we're, we're the first ones to get out of the shower and look in the in the in the mirror and say, you know, oh, my stomach's too big, my thighs. And we want to go out and do these big things in the world and we want to be these people for our children. Yet we're starting our own days defeated. Yeah. And- from our from our own messaging. And I think I look ahead as well. And you know, my parents, I have super active parents in their 60s. But I look ahead as well, because your program, at least in Santa Barbara, is filled with people of all body types and all ages. And I feel like this is a program or a philosophy that is so much more sustainable as we age. I mean, you and I are in our later 30s, but like, it goes by real fast. And like, I want to be able to enjoy movement and not have to like, switch gears in 10 years when, you know, bodies change every few years as you get older. Does that make sense? Like I I want it to be some, a philosophy that is sustainable. And I feel like that's what you've kind of landed on. Well, and I'm my, and the messaging is, is very important that any movement is good movement. And again, the story in our head and our own messaging to ourselves is I'm fat. I'm old. I'm too out of shape. I can't change. And we say this to ourselves daily where if you just took one step in a different direction, everything would change. It's like, you don't have to do squat jumps, do a mini squat, right? You don't have to run, you can walk, but we stop ourselves because of our own messaging. And when we can change that perspective and when we can change our messaging, that's when our life changes. It's not about the weight loss is the bonus, but if you're looking for the quick fix and the diet and the program that's going to change your life, you've done it a million times. And we know it didn't work because you just, kept starting over. It's when you make the lifestyle change that and the perspective change that everything else changes. And that's really the message. And when you change your life, your children change their lives. And that is the biggest thing is we cannot change the conversation for them until we change it for ourselves. Yeah, that's so true. It's so true. Um, Okay, before we wrap up, I'm switching gears completely here to a question about and this is again, all my questions have to do with kind of what I admire about you online, which is proves my uh, Instagram stalker, um, gives me my Instagram stalker badge. Um, Yeah. Um, So and this is about creating community where you live. So it's a little off the beaten path. We're not talking about motherhood necessarily or fitness necessarily. But you did not grow up in California. As you said, you got to Santa Barbara, um, you know, as a young adult. But I it seems from the outside that you have really embraced community. And I feel like especially I'm in Southern California. I've lived in um, Chicago. I've lived in Arizona. And it is hard anymore in this day and age to, I think, be connected within your real human local community because so much happens online. Um, so I, is that an intentional choice for you? And maybe you could talk about some of the ways that you are like literally physically out in your local community there. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, OK, so I'm from Minnesota and I lived there till I was 18. And so I think Santa Barbara is the greatest place on earth. It is. You don't have to have lived in Minnesota. Like literally Santa Barbara is the greatest place on earth. Literally. Like I, I, I'm, I love it here. Um, so when my business partner, Steven and I started the gym, we actually said we didn't want to, uh, open a gym. We wanted to start a community. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, so that was always, um, you know, basically the purpose behind what we're doing. 
And it was about bringing people together of every age level, shape, size, and making people feel welcomed and not judged because fitness, you feel very insecure and you're scared and no matter who you are. Yeah. And so we wanted a place where everybody could come and feel welcomed. And I'm trying to bring that also online, which is, which is harder, but in the community is, um, I believe in the power of people and I believe in the power of energy and of music and movement. And so we've brought that together with not only the the clients, but the staff just embodies that. Yeah. Like you walk in there and you feel that. And it's so funny. We get these stories of people who said, I've been driving by this place for a year and now I'm finally coming in. I've been so scared. I've, and we all do this no matter yeah. where you live, right? Yeah. Trying something new is so scary. Yeah. And then they do the class and they're like, oh my gosh, that was so fun. I, I didn't feel judged. I didn't, yeah. you know, you have somebody who's running on the treadmill at 12.0 the person next to them is walking and it's high five. Great job. We're all here for the same reason, which is just to better ourselves. Yeah. The culture you've created is truly amazing. I've experienced it myself. And and we're, we're big on giving back, you know, like we, we try to do what we can for the community, having fundraisers, getting out there, going to schools, going to, you know, different community events. And that's been a really big thing for us is um, trying to support our community in any way that we can. Well, and in particular, you and I both know with the Thomas fire and then the mudslides, it was a really rough winter in that area. And I know you were like out there yourself and your team was out there. Um, But when you become a mom that I think that takes on a a higher meaning as well, because you're now sort of planting seeds figuratively to nurture the community that your kids grow up in. Um, And I it is sometimes frustrating. I know a lot of our listeners live either way out or they move around for jobs. And it's hard when you don't feel rooted with your community. And that's why, you know, the the internet is great for that because we can find community online, but I think it's such a different experience to walk out your front door and have neighbors that recognize you or to run into people, you know, in the grocery store or to, so I think that's, I think I, it's something I wish for all moms. And it's something it seems like you've been very intentional about. Yes. And I will say it's a, you know, it's a big difference. My whole family still lives in Minnesota. Yeah, that's hard. That is a big difference in Minnesota. And I'm kind of generalizing here, but I am from the suburbs. Like we hang out with our neighbors. You leave your door. I mean, still, you know, we, you, you go and say hi every day. And in, especially in Santa Barbara, it's not like you have, like we live on busy streets and neighbors don't really talk to each other anymore. And so if I can say anything, I would say if really in a community, meet your neighbors. Yeah. Like no matter what, like be that person cheesy as it is, brings them cookies, but yeah. say hello. Like we don't, this goes with everything is we don't know other people's story. So if we can approach these people with empathy and with love and like, you're our neighbors and I want to hang out or um, even the, you know, the moms that you meet at soccer or the moms that you meet in find your community and your tribe, but you have to like give in, you know, you got to give, yourself into that you do and that it's that takes being vulnerable as well i think um it's not it's not easy um but i think it's worth it and and i will say i've been through you know a lot of times like there was a group of moms when i was going through my postpartum and i didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. and i kept saying like all these things i was feeling and they just kind of looked at me and like shook their head and i'm like oh we're, we're not, we're not on the same page here. Right. Like I was like, Oh, like, and then I left like, Oh my God, I am the only person who feels this way. Like they, that wasn't a connection at all. And then like a week later I met my mom friend who I randomly met in the park because she came up to me and said, Hey, you know, are you Jenny Schatzel? I joined your online program. I, and we became friends that way because she stepped out of her comfort zone and said, hi, we're now best friends. We walk every week. And so the next week I was telling her and she's like, oh my gosh, I totally feel you. I think this is what it is. And I was like, oh, so that's what we do. So if you put yourself out there and you find that those people aren't on the same page, that's okay. Yeah. Move on to the next people. Yeah. And you, but you have to stay in your truth and your authenticity and you will find your people. Don't be shut down because you run into people that may not be on the same page. Yeah. It's okay. Yep. I totally agree. And I feel that's how you find your community. I agree. I agree. And it's not, it, it, just like everything else, it, it can look easy from the outside. If you look at moms who have a tight tribe and a lot of friends, um, we actually have an episode of this podcast called The Myth of the Mom Tribe because it seems like everybody's got it and it's easy to just find one. And it's not. It doesn't always look 
like a tight knit group of friends who has mom's night outs and goes on vacation together. Sometimes it looks like one really, really good friend, a few new acquaintances and maybe a couple other relationships that are struggling because they're, you know, it's not it's not like a tribe is like a fixed static thing. I think it's a practice of continually putting yourself out there and both being a friend and being available to make new friends. Yeah. And I don't ever want to be somebody I'm not to fit in. Yeah. Like I did that for a lot of years. Yeah. And that's when I drank. And that's yeah. because I was hiding from this real person because I was so scared of what other people thought. I tried, you know, that alcohol helped with that. Yeah. Numbing out helped with all that. And so now it's it's my most important thing is to find the people that I can be my authentic self with. And those are my people. If yep. I have to act a certain way to be part of your group. That's not my group. Right. Yep. I love it. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for being here. Um, For our listeners, what I'm going to do is at themomhour.com, our website, I will link up your TED Talk. I'll link up your Instagram, anything else you want to send me, how to sign up for the 14-day program. So we'll put all of that in the show notes at themomhour.com because I know people are going to want to go find you on Instagram and soak up your positivity and your (laughs) your crazy loudness. And the next time I'm in Santa Barbara, we have to meet in person. That's a goal. Well, I just can't. Yes, that is an absolute goal. And I just can't thank you enough for for having me. And to all the moms out there, I see you and I love you. And if there's anything I can do, please help out, uh, reach out and let me know how I can help. And just Sarah, you're so fabulous. Thank you for making such an impact in this world. Oh, thanks, Jenny. This was awesome. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Uh, Just before we wrap up a couple of things, of course, as always, the show notes will be at themomhour.com and everything I talked about with Jenny Schatzel will be there. I'd also love to hear how you guys liked Megan and I doing the intro together today. We love to hear your feedback. Um, And as you know, we do these interviews once a month. We usually take turns interviewing somebody and kind of um, host the show solo on those days. But I thought it was fun to have her here today and I would love to know what you guys think. Also, before we wrap, I wanted to let you guys know that both Megan and and I appeared recently as guests on other podcasts. And that's kind of been a goal of ours lately. So it's been fun to be on the other side of the mic. And I wanted to give those podcasts a shout out and let you guys know where to go listen. So Megan was recently on the Mother Like a Boss podcast with Kendra Hennessy. You might have heard Kendra as a guest on the Home Hour in our Life Listen Network recently. Um, her podcast is awesome. I think you guys will really enjoy it in general. Um, not just Megan's interview, but Megan was interviewed on episode 61. And they talk about Kendra's podcast is about homemaking and home management and organization and things like that. And so they talked a lot about Megan's transition to being a divorced mom, to having a couple of kids grown and out of the house and how things have shifted over the years from when she had five little kids to five bigger kids and going from a bigger house to a smaller house. Um, But I think it's always fun to hear um, your favorite podcast hosts interviewed and being on the other side of the mic, like I said. So I really enjoyed that just as a fan of those two ladies. And I think you guys will too. Again, that's episode 61 of the Mother Like a Boss podcast. Podcast. And then I was recently on a podcast put out by my alma mater, Northwestern. It's called the Northwestern Intersections Podcast. And it is it's put on by the Alumni Association. It's really a career development podcast. But even if you are not career focused right now and probably you're not a Northwestern alumnus. Um, But what we really talk about is non-traditional career paths, including opting out of corporate life and staying home with little kids and then kind of opting back into the workforce, finding the work that is right and meaningful to you, even if it is not what you majored in in college. Um, And I actually picked I pitched myself to this podcast because it's a really interesting career podcast. And of course, there's a ton of very accomplished Northwestern alumni out there in more traditional um, professions. But I think it's really important for all people, men and women, but especially kind of young people coming up through their careers to hear about less traditional paths and um, just the perspective that our work lives can shift over time and it doesn't have to look like what you might have thought it would look like when you graduated from college. So um, I had a lot of fun with that one. You'll hear me talk about jobs I used to have and probably some things I've never talked about on this podcast. So that is called Northwestern Intersections and I was on episode 22. Both of those I will link up at themomhour.com, which is where you will find everything. So shoot us an email. Tell us what's up with you guys lately. Hello at themomhour.com. And Megan and I will be back with you on Tuesday. Bye, guys.
The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.